0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. I hope you've had a great uh, Thanksgiving. I know I did. I got to uh, spend some time with some family, and as I spent time with family, the thing That I want to speak about today about no excuses came to my mind. We, uh, we left Wednesday evening to go spend the night with Michelle's family, her sister. And while we get there, we have a five year old niece. Some of y'all have had the privilege of, of meeting my five year old niece, uh, Bella, over the summer. She stayed with us for two weeks. Uh, well, during this time, as we are there Wednesday evening and, and she was excited to see us, and then as Thursday came along, we got ready to eat. She has a lot of toys just like most five-year-olds do, and I sat back some time and just listened to some of the excuses that she gave either myself or Michelle or her parents when we've asked her to clean up. And, uh, Thursday, when well, know it's Friday before we left, uh, she was playing with some stuff, and uh, she had pulled out of just this big, huge box of, I think it was Legos or something of that nature, and was playing with them, and... Her mom came in and said, "Well, you know, you need to put these up because they were getting ready to put up the Christmas tree and stuff." And in her sweet little innocent voice, and she has these beautiful blue eyes, and she just looks at her mom. and says, "But I can't," and Jeannie was reasoning with her, like, "Why, Bella? Why? Why, why, why can't you? you? You had no problem pulling them out. Why can't you?" Put "It's just too big." And so this whole thing, the, the title of my sermon today is, is, is No Excuses, and we're going to look and take a different take on a, on a story from Luke chapter 2. We've all, whether you've grown up in church or you know, you've been in Sunday school and stuff of that nature, you have, we've, we've heard the story of the angel appearing to the shepherds and them going and, and finding a, following the star uh, to Bethlehem and, and, and seeing baby Jesus and you know coming back and telling telling people about what they have seen. Well, today I want to sort of give it a new twist. What if after the angel appeared to them they decided to give excuses to why they couldn't go. And as we look at these excuses, I want you to to look to to examine these and look at these excuses and see if they sound like some of the excuses we give ourselves when people ask us to do things within the church or, or to be involved. Or other people have given to us when we may have witnessed to them or asked them to be involved. And so with this being us well, coming out of, of the, the, the season of Thanksgiving, we're, we're going into Christmas. And, you know, the thing about this, you know, we talk about the birth of, of Jesus Christ. And so with that being said, how many of you follow or have followed any of the British royalty, you know, over the years, whether it be, I know when I was growing up in high school and stuff, it was, it was Princess Diana, you know, with all the, the things that she'd done, the humanitarian work. And then I remember where I was at when the, the news came across that she had been killed in, in a horrific uh, car accident. Did any of y'all just like glue yourself to the TV when uh, the, the baby was born? I can't think of it. Was it Henry? I think, or George, or something of that nature, when, when it was born, you know? See, didn't even pay attention. But did any have any of y'all did any of y'all watch TV, you know, just to see and see how much coverage was given during that time? I mean, it's this amazes me that, you know, they, they, they set up shop outside Buckingham Palace or wherever they're at, and you know, all these TVs and it's nothing but, you know, we're we just we're just waiting. You be you know, any time now the baby will come and then you know they'll they'll tell us what they named it and what it was and, and stuff of that nature, and it's just you know, everybody's getting so excited about this about, you know, this, this baby being born. But when we flip to the other side when it comes to the birth of Jesus Christ, people don't get excited about that anymore. You know, they, as, as we're about to look at, you know, the people that was, the message was proclaimed to about his birth were usually one of the ones that was usually chosen or you thought would have been chosen. And then you look at all this stuff of all this stuff that we follow, you know, especially the, the 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 British royalty and stuff of that nature. Now now given there's some good things that come from over there, you know, the Beatles was good. You know, they, they came across. I'm I'm a Beatles fan, and then some of you younger folks, One Direction I think was a hit. I guess not. Okay. Maybe not. We got Erica. Erica up there that's running media. Hey, I, I put it in for you. Nobody liked it. Sorry. The Beatles, we like the Beatles. It worked, but you know there's things that we get excited about, and so before we we start in looking at these some of these excuses that the the shepherds could have given, I want us to pray because this this is kind of a tough message for when I was getting ready to to prepare for it because God sort of hit me hard with some of the things that these excuses that we're about to look at because i 've given them before, and I pray that you know as we go through this this sermon and then That if any of these you've used or are using or have heard people use, that we can overcome this thing. So we get to the point when God asks us to do something, there's no excuses. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Again, I just thank you for the privileges of this, Father, just to stand up here and fill in for our pastor. I pray you be with him and his family, Lord, as he's in Louisville uh, tending to. Family matters, Father, and I pray you just be with Hillary, Lord, as she recovers. Father, I pray that you just give us wisdom to understand your word today as we take a, a different look at a story that we've heard a million times about you sending angels to appear to the shepherds and what happens after that. Father, thank you for this day. We ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. And so... As we get ready to look at this, this is a question of, are these some of the excuses that you have given or you've heard? So if you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We're going to be looking at, first of all, verses 8 through 15. And we're going to look at these excuses and then we're going to review 15 through 20 as we see what decision they decided to do and make. And why they decided to do that. So, look, starting with verse 8, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel assur- reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So here they have been told what's going on. Now, they look at each other and say, let's go. But let's say, once they looked at each other and said, let's go, that they, some of them said, well, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to go. Because we've heard the story of what happens, but what do, if they didn't happen? What if they come up with these excuses that sometimes we as believers or even other people here, that we give for not following and doing what is asked of us? See, they could either carry on as they were and be content with an impressive story because they, they just saw something that was impressive and, and great and miraculous. Let's just say they just sat on that and they said, hey, that's a good story to tell at the old watering hole. When we take our sheep to, to, to water, we can tell all these other shepherds we didn't see. We didn't say, hey, look, you wouldn't believe it. This angels, you know, it's like, it's like hunting and fishing stories. It's like, you wouldn't believe this biggest buck just came out. Did you shoot him? No, I was just awestruck. He was huge. He looked like Frankenstein. Or if you're going fishing, have y'all seen the commercial on TV where the guy is telling this story, and it was like this big fish, and then all of a sudden, when he, it goes back to him this fish is big. You know, it's just one of those things, that those stories, they could have have said on this story about what had just happened and been told to them. Or they could say, you know what, let's go see if it's true and see what all this fuss is about. Would they go to see the Messiah or would they not? Now, because, like I mentioned, you've heard this story many times. We know that they went, but what if they hadn't? After all, there's a number of excuses that they could have been they could have given. The first one that they could have given. They, they could have said, you know what, we're just not important enough. Because we all know shepherds were very low on the social ladder. Not everybody was jumping. To say, hey, hey, there's a job opening for a shepherd. I want it. Yeah, you know, because we know over reading the Bible and seeing things, and, and if you've ever been and seen people that raised, during that time, they were dirty. They smelt. They really wasn't that literate. They had, I think about it, they probably had their own little language that people didn't understand. You know, they come and see each other, bye, 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 because they've been around sheep so much, you know. Bye, bye, yeah, got you, back. But it's one of those things of this wasn't the biggest thing, job title during that time that anybody really cared about. So they, they had a right to use the excuse, why should I go see the king? Because they didn't know if it, at that time, if, if it was, you know, going to be, like what I was talking about, when we was talking about the, the, the British royalty, the baby being born there, you know, it being this high, mighty thing. And it's like, a king, you know, we can't, we, we're dirty, we're not, you know, we're, we're a bunch of shepherds, we can't be important enough. And then I look at it, of saying, okay, if they would have said it, they could have used that excuse. How many times do we use that excuse? When we're asked to be to do something, or God is calling us, you know, to step out on faith and you know and and go and do something we usually may not be used to doing. I'm not important enough. They want me to hold that office, or they want me to teach this, or or do this. And God, I'm just I'm just not important enough. Why would they want to use me? I'm not smart. I don't know all this. I don't know everything of the Bible. I'm just not important enough. It would have been so easy for the shepherds to write themselves off as people not important enough to go see the Messiah. Sometimes I feel, some of us can feel like this. Sometimes we think I'm not good enough to even receive Christ in my life. Who am I that someone would come for me? Who am I that someone would be willing to give their life for me? Who am I that, Somebody would want you to think highly of me that I could teach someone else. From this perspective, it would seem that God seems to use those who don't think they are good enough. If you look through the Bible, we see many stories of people God used that normally in this day and age, people probably wouldn't have used. But he decided to use them because he thought they were important enough. Ephesians 2.10 says this, and this is the reason why we should not use this and give no excuses for this point of saying we're not important enough. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Well, that rules out that excuse. We can't say that we're, we're not good enough or not important enough to be used because we were created anew. We are his masterpiece. And so we move over to the second thing. Okay, they're saying, okay, that's not a good excuse. Well, I got another before you wash it and go. We're too dirty. Now, as I mentioned before, you know, there's shepherds. They're around a bunch of sheep and stuff. And yes, they were probably dirty. They probably had a lot of dirt on them and stuff of that nature. They probably smelt, but I'm not talking about that. It's like, who are we, you know, the sin we have in our life to, for us to go, to, to, the, to go see the Messiah, the one that's supposed to be our Lord and Savior, this new king of, of, the, of the Jews? Does, we, we're, we're too dirty. In the same sense, we, and because I've, I've used this excuse before. Before I come to know Christ and at a young age and, and, and then doing some other things in my life of saying, well, God can't forgive me of that. I'm too dirty. Does he not know my past? Does he not know these things? And many of you may be in this room today saying the same thing. God may be calling you to do something. He's like, how can he want to use me? Does he not realize what has gone on in my life or what's going on in my life? The things I'm struggling with. Or you may have had friends that you try to witness to or, or invite them to church or stuff Like, ah. Maybe I'll come to know Christ when I get my life together. I, you just don't realize, Jason, what I've got going on. Why, why would I want to, to, to come to the king? Because I had to get myself together. You know, he, why would he want to, someone like me? Because we have to remember, this job that the shepherds had was a, wasn't just this regular 9 to 5 job. It was a, not a job where you shower before you went into the office. They literally lived with the flocks. So they were dirty. There was not a need to be clean or smell nice. Have you ever been around someone that maybe hadn't showered for a good while? I remember being in the military. And we went 15 days without a shower. Was doing training and was just keeping going and going. Now... You get to the fifteenth day. I'm sorry, there's some things that just deodorant and baby wipes cannot do away with. You know, it's it's we. I remember being, you know, huddled up and was given a mission and was giving out stuff and and the wind, you know, blew and you, I, we just finally all of us helped, you know, smell each other. And it's it's a smell that I'll never forget because especially when you get. 30, 40 guys together that has not showered that long. There's some new smells you smell. <laughs> you know, some that I don't think, you know, scientists can can tell what they are. But, and one of the reasons I say that is that I, I can relate to these shepherds. You know, they're not showering a lot. You know, they probably do smell. But, it would have been so easy for the shepherds to assume they were in no condition to go to the Messiah. And in the same way, some of us may think this way too. We know some things in our past have made us dirty. So going in front of a king, a savior, does not sound something very appealing to us. But 1 John 1.9 says this, but if we confess our sins to him, if we if he is faithful and just to forgive, us our sin, to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. He said, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And to cleanse us. So it doesn't matter how dirty we are for wanting to come to him and say, here it is. There's nothing that he cannot forgive us of. There's nothing that he would not, wasn't willing to give his one and only son because we're in the Christmas time. We are celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest gift given to us by our Heavenly Father. And he loved us so much that he gave that to us. And there's, so there's nothing that is too big or even too small that he would not forgive us of. So being too dirty is not an excuse. Another reason why the shepherds couldn't use that excuse. Even though they thought they wasn't important enough, they, didn't, they thought they were too dirty. And then they, they said, okay, what if they said, okay, those, those, those excuses don't work. How about we're not religious enough? You know, we are shepherds. We don't speak that well unless you understand. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you understand it. And so, you know, we, we can't hardly read or write. We're just common folk. And you want me to, and you're saying, I need to go to this. How You know, what, what worth do I bring to this? They're thinking. And many of us in here often or may right now be thinking the same thing. God may be dealing with you, dealing with your heart, saying, hey, I want you to go teach the youth. I hope he is. Come on, I can use you. Or to deal with children. You know, I get scared about this sometimes, you know, when, when they say God is calling you to do things because I've been in youth ministry a, a very long time. You know, I've had the privilege of preaching and stuff of that nature. I'm fearful that God's going to call me to the nursery. <laughs> I have no kids right now on my own. You know, I have, a, you know, sometimes a fear of saying you know, God's going to tell me one day during my quiet time, Jason, I just want you to volunteer as much as you can in the nursery and change diapers. <laughs> Y'all laugh at this. My wife can tell I'm out. I smell, you know, my, I have this, this, this nose that can smell anything, and I get one little smell in my nose, and I start gagging. <laughs> and so, you know, you start thinking, please, Lord, do not call me to the nursery, you know, to change diapers because, you know, of this thing. You know, I don't know enough about it. You know, what if I put the diaper on wrong? You know, something of that nature. You know, what if I forget to put the diaper on? It's it's one of those things. I, I'm telling you, if I ever have kids, y'all be praying for me. But in the same sense, the reason I say this is, a lot of us in life think this way of saying, I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough about, the, enough about the Bible. How could God want to call me to teach Sunday school? Or teach a small group or something of that nature? Or better yet... We use this excuse of, I'm not religious enough. How could he want to use me to go into the world and witness to someone that I may not even know? What if I mess it up? I've heard that a lot. I've used it a lot. You know, what if I mess up? I don't know everything. Well, the shepherds didn't know everything. They were common people during that time that was a lot of times frowned upon with that. But Romans 3, 28 and 30 says this. Starting with verse 20, it says, So we are made right with God through faith, and not by obeying the law. After all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There is only one God, and he makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. So either we we, we have that faith that God can save us, And we have that faith that God can equip us to do all things, or we don't. And this is what the shepherds had to come to a a realization of, is it do we go or do we not go? And if we go, are we stepping out on faith that when we get there, this, this person that was being proclaimed about is going to be there? Or if we stay back, we're just common old shepherds, tending to our flocks, you know, we smell, we're not important enough, and who are we? We don't have time, we don't get a chance to go to the temple, we don't get a chance to read, you know, the, the scripture that they had during that time. You know, who are we? We're, we're, we're nobody. That could be an excuse that could have been used, but I just read to you the reason why we have no excuses when it comes to that is because By faith. He makes people right with himself. So that means he gives us the knowledge we need. And so there's no excuse there. So we get to this last one, the fourth one, that they, have, they could have given. They, they've already given. We've already seen, and sometimes we give these excuses that say we're, we're not important enough, we're too dirty to be used, we're not religious enough. I don't know enough about the Bible or anything else or to do this, to lead somebody to Christ or to help in the youth or children or anywhere like that or to be used in the church. And so we move to this one. Well, you know what? If all those excuses didn't work, this will get you. This is the main excuse that we can use so we don't have to go. We can tend to our flocks. We're just too busy. Do you not realize? We're shepherds. If we leave our our flock, especially at night, what do do if an animal comes and attacks it? Who's going to beat them off? Better yet, no, not just wild animals out there. You know, there's some sketchy people around here. Out and you know, around the the, the edges of Bethlehem and Jeru- Jerusalem and stuff like that. There is some sketchy people that might come steal my sheep. I gotta be here at home where nobody will mess with them. You know, there's different things out there that they could have could have said because you know, tending to a flock was a 24 hour job almost, and that was some for them some of their income and stuff of that nature. It would have been so easy for the shepherds to consider themselves too busy to go to the Messiah. Many of us here today, and I even raise my hand at this because I've been there many times. We get so busy that we, and sometimes, in my case, I've got so busy doing God's work that I work God right out of it. But I'm doing this for you, God. I mean, uh, you know, hey, I'm doing this for the students. I'm doing this and doing this. And he constantly reminds me, you're too. But are you seeking me? In the same way, are you taking time to seek me? Are you wanting to seek me? In the same way that this this question was asked to, you know, presented to the, the shepherds here. They had a choice whether or not they wanted to go or stay. You know, this twist on a story that we've heard many, many, many times. what if they didn't go because they said we're too busy? Many of us in here, you know, God may be asking us to do things. I'm too busy. We'll go do this. I'm too busy. And most of the time is that we don't realize the reason why we're too busy is because we haven't chosen to put him first in our life. I know personally speaking, when I take time to spend time with him, he gives me more than enough time to accomplish what I need to accomplish throughout today. But when I miss a day with them or something like that, it seems like I am trying to jump through hoops, my hair is on fire trying to get everything done. And I keep saying, and I ask you, how many times have we said throughout the day, there's just not enough time in a day. And the shepherds could have said that because we're just too busy. We've got so so many things going on. We've got to take care of these sheep. Luke 10, 38 through 42 says this. And this is a story of where Jesus and his disciples stop at Martha's home. And Martha is all up in the teasing and complaining about Mary not doing anything. Martha's trying to just think back to this, this past week when you was getting ready for maybe Thanksgiving meals and stuff. And you're you doing all the work and you may have your kid or, or, your, or your husband or, or a wife or something like that. Or, or Kim folks, and they're just sitting there just watching you do all the work. Verse 38, as Jesus and the disciples continued their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair that, to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. I could see it. You know, I'm doing everything. She's sitting over there just, you know, laying back doing her thing. But this is what she says, and this is what Jesus says to her in verse 41. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken away from her. Martha was in the bustle of everything going on. Too busy to recognize what was right there in front of her face. Mary, knowing there had to be some work to be done, she realized what had to be taken care of first. Which was acknowledging and worshiping Jesus for who he is. We want to not be too busy. We have to stop and acknowledge what is in front of us. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So I just presented things to you. But we see that the the shepherds could have given a lot of excuses. But as we read on, we realize they didn't. They didn't use any of those excuses and they went to the Messiah. The shepherds understood this passage that I just read to you, even though it was way before, you know, they went to see him way before he said this. They understood that being in the presence of this baby king was the most important thing they could have been doing. But when they went They didn't just go and come back unchanged. They came back and spread the word concerning what they had been told. They returned glorified and praising God. They came back as changed people who had seen the Messiah. Verse 15 through 20, and I'll close. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village... They went. Because they realized that, you know what? Maybe we're not important enough, but we're going. Yeah, we are dirty. We're not the smartest people. And yeah, there's sheep to be taken care of, but you know what? They'll take care of themselves. We're going to go and see and acknowledge this thing, this prophecy come to fruition to acknowledge Jesus for who he is during that time. And so I ask you, what excuses do we give for not going to the Messiah? Do we consider ourselves not important enough for God to care about us or to use us? Do we consider ourselves too dirty? Do we consider ourselves not religious enough to be used? Do we consider ourselves too busy for God? Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he he told his disciples this. Then 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came to his disciples. I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all my commands I have given you. And be sure of this: I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We have no excuses. All these fears, all these things, these th- these these reasons we give—he just said it right there to these disciples. And he still says it to us today. Fear not, I'm always with you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. And Father, we thank you for what your word has shown us today. Father, the story we've heard many times of the, of the shepherds sitting out on their journey to, to see you out there. Your angel appears to them and tells them the good story of your son's birth. But Father, they could have given excuses, but they didn't. And Father, I pray you examine our hearts. You, I'm sure all of us, I know probably all of us in here, have used one of these excuses before. We have our own excuses of of not doing and, and going and being for you. But you show us we have no excuse. We're important enough because you you loved us so much that you made us in your image. You loved us so much that you was willing to send your one and only son to die for us that we should have eternal, we could have eternal life through him. We're important enough. We're smart enough because you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, you equip us. And if we just stop what we're doing and see what's in front of us, Lord, as we come to this time of commitment, reflection, Father, search our heart out. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.